So today we pick up right where we left Jesus last week, three days before he died, talking to religious bigwigs, pretty much all of whom had rejected him and would keep on rejecting him and eventually kill him three days later. The only thing that happened between last week and this week is they realized he was talking about them, and then it says they looked for a way to arrest Jesus, but they were scared of all the people, the crowds, many of whom liked Jesus at this point, so they were scared to try and arrest him. But it's still the same day, and you can imagine them in between Jesus' stories, them muttering, saying, we got to get rid of this guy. we gotta, we got to find a way. It doesn't, we got to figure it out. And then... Matthew 22, Jesus starts in again. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Now we got to pause there, because last week one of the things I said and reported to you from commentators is people say, in a parable, the most unlikely event, the most surprising thing about it, that is often the main point. Last week, it was the vineyard owner sending his son after two separate groups of servants had been murdered, and then he says, oh, I'll send my son. That'll be good. Unlikely, and yet that's exactly what God did. This week, who refuses an invitation to the royal wedding? And I don't even care whether you like the British royals or not. Like, if the king of any place personally invites you, who says no? These people. Very unlikely, though. The king's son was getting married. And they said, no, uh-uh. Jesus continues, then he sent some more servants. He really wants these people to be here. And said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and the fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. He's saying this is going to be a great party. The best food, the best drink. This is a party you are not going to want to miss. This is an invitation you want to accept. You do not want to miss this opportunity. It is going to be incredible. A feast like you've never had. He tries again. But, verse 5, they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. That took a hard turn. Like, this seems also incredibly unrealistic, and I'm not even talking about the murdering yet. I'm talking about the rejecting, again, of an invitation that no one in their right mind would ever, would ever pass up. Like it, it might be different things for each and every one of you, and maybe some of these are none of you, but I learned something about the Academy Awards this week. I learned that the after parties, after the Oscars, they have gift bags typically. And these gift bags aren't filled with like little toy trinkets like Legos or dinosaurs or you know those poppy things. It's, it's not that kind of thing. Like, You get an invitation to an after party at the Academy Awards and the gift bag is a free three-week cruise in New Zealand or something like that. Like the people who hosted the party, they want you to think so much of them that they give you things like that. 
Would you reject? I don't care if you like movies or the Oscars at all or not. Would you reject an invitation to that party? Maybe some of you would because it's not your thing or for whatever reason. But maybe the invitation you couldn't turn down is, I know some of you are into college football. Maybe it's your alma mater and they're in the national championship game. Or maybe it's backstage passes to meet the artist at one of the concerts on the Eras Tour. And that's Taylor Swift, if you don't know. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something else. But there's something in this life where if you got an invitation to that, no way. No way would you ever turn it down. That is what this is. And, and it doesn't even say that they were mad at the king. It doesn't say that they were unhappy with how he was ruling, that they sat there and said, not my king. No, it just says they rejected, and then some of them even killed the servants. Where would that ever happen? And the people that Jesus was talking to, they surely realized it at this point. Oh, this is what we're doing, and then somehow they still did it. But Jesus continues. We're going to read through the end now. Um, the king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And the king was just. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus concluded, for many are invited, but few are chosen. That's God's word, Jesus' story. So we're going to go to 30,000 foot view and look over each individual part of this story and see what it all means. First of all, the king, God the father. The son that he was throwing the banquet for, the wedding feast, that's Jesus. Who is Jesus' bride? Well, in Scripture, the Bible calls Jesus' bride the church, which is all Christians. So this is a banquet of Jesus being united with the ones that he loves, his bride. We read Isaiah 25 earlier. That's what it was all about. A feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine. He will swallow up death forever. The Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. This is heaven. This is eternal life. This is Jesus being united forever with the people he loves most of all, you. That's what this is. The original invited guests, commentators will say that that's most likely the Jewish people in Jesus' day, most of whom rejected Jesus, some of whom killed Jesus, just like was in the story. And then all the other people, he goes out into all the corners and finds everyone else. Who's that? Well, they would have recognized it at that time, too, as Gentiles, which means everyone else. God came and gave his message to Jewish people first, and then he took it to the whole world, which includes all of us. And the king's invitation, come to the wedding banquet. I already told you. It's about eternity. And he said, did, did you see what he said? He said, find anyone, anyone and everyone. And who did they find? It says, the bad 
as well as the good. Now, let me make a provocative statement, and it's true. God extended his invitation to the Hamas terrorists and to the babies they murdered. And he gave his invitation in the exact same way. Because each of those groups of people deserved his invitation in the exact same way. They didn't. Neither of them. Not at all. Nor any of us. You see in this invitation, the loving invitation, it has nothing to do with the person who is receiving it. It has every single thing to do with the person issuing the invitation. And then there's the guy. The one guy who they went out and got. And then he's in the wedding banquet and he's not wearing the right clothes. And you're like, what is up with that? I didn't know there was a dress code. Well, in those days, the, the, the practice was that the person holding the wedding would give all the guests wedding clothes. And this lasted for a week usually. So he was not wearing the wedding clothes that were given. What was he wearing? We don't know exactly, but I would guess he had an incredibly nice suit that he wanted to show off, that he wanted to make use of. He said, no, no, the, the clothes the king gives, I don't, I mean, they're fine, but I really want to wear my favorite outfit. I want to wear what makes me look really good. I want to I wear what I got in my closet. I want to wear that to the wedding. And you, you heard what happened. Jesus said, anyone who wants to be in the banquet, they have to be there on, on the banquet giver's terms. They can't be there on their own terms. They, anyone who wants to be in the feast but wants to be there on their own terms, who wants to be there by their own labors instead of merely by the invitation of the banquet giver, if anyone wants to wear their own clothes into the banquet, that disqualifies them. And he says, many are invited, but few are chosen. In other words, few will actually attend because instead of wearing the wedding clothes as their credential to get in, they would rather be their own credential. And before you get hung up on the word they or think about they, whoever they are, like that is the nature of me and you. To wear every single day and for eternity, to wear my own clothes as my credential. To be my own credential instead of letting Jesus be my credential that gets me to the banquet. Now, that's the parable overall. But let's go back to the original invitees. They say no to the best invitation possible. And now I'll say it to you for the third week in a row. You are not the people that Jesus was specifically addressing. He's not saying, all you people at Illumin Church, you are like people who have rejected God's invitation and you are going to reject the Son and you're going to get thrown out in a darkness. He's not addressing you specifically. He's talking specifically and contextually to people who really had rejected him who were going to kill him three days later. And, and we can still learn from this. So, why did they say no? Why did they say no in an insane way? Two reasons. Number one, apathy. They simply didn't care enough about the invitation. Right? That's what it said. It said, one went to his field 
the other to his business. Neither of those are bad things. But there's no mention of it being an emergency or anything else. They just got the invitation, but they chose to go elsewhere. And again, those aren't bad things. They just chose to prioritize other things. Number one is apathy. Number two is hostility. And it says, some seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. I heard a pastor say this week, I've knocked on plenty of doors. I've invited plenty of people to church. I've never had someone threaten my life while I was inviting them to church. I've never even had them say to my face, I hate you, and I want the worst for you. I've never had that happen. But that, that is what happened here. It's unrealistic, except that the audience of this story would actually do that to Jesus. But now we're going to focus more on the first reason because I think it's way more of a danger for me and for you. And that's the apathy. So here's the application. Is what Jesus is saying, is that saying that you can never ever miss worship? That it is a sin to ever miss a Bible study or coming here to church. Is that what it's saying? No. I don't want to add. That would be adding a rule to the Bible that's not in there. And is Jesus saying, it's okay, it doesn't matter if you do when you... No, he's not saying that either. He is saying, prioritize your life and think about it. And prioritize God's kingdom invitation properly. He is definitely saying that. Lots of life, most of life, in fact, it's not choosing between an evil thing and a good thing. Most of life is choosing between a good thing and a better thing. Let me say that one more time. And you see it, right? They didn't choose between an evil thing and a good thing. Their work, their field, their business, it's not a bad thing. It was a good thing. But they chose the good thing instead of the better thing, the wedding invitation. Most of life is not choosing between good and evil. It's choosing between good and better. And that's very applicable for us. Now, if I said to you, this might mean that you have to make some difficult decisions, I would be wrong and I'd be lying because there's no might about it. You will have to make, and you have already, we do it almost daily, you will have to make difficult decisions. It, it might mean saying no to a good opportunity. Maybe it's a great opportunity at work, or maybe it's a great social opportunity. But if you said yes, it would mean prioritizing the good over the better, or and this is incredibly hard too, maybe it means saying no to your kids. Like no to some, maybe it's a music thing or a sport thing, and they don't like it at all. But you end up saying no, and even if you don't have kids, this applies to all of us in, in various ways. Now, this application, like I just said, it's towards specifically towards parents with children, but it applies to everyone. So listen in. Some people might say, well, I don't want to force, maybe you've heard this, I don't want to force my kids to go to church. I don't want to force them. I don't want, I don't want them to resent going to church because then they had to give up robotics or something like that. 
and then they grow up hating going to church. I don't want to force it on them. Now, three things. Number one, there's more than two choices. The two choices are not don't go to worship, don't prioritize worship, or hate God. There's room for more than just those two choices. So don't paint yourself into a corner. Number two, don't forget how powerful God's word is. Don't forget that when you're a child or an adult, when you come here and you hear God's word, don't forget the value and the power of that. God promises, promises to bless you and your children, no matter how they complain going out of church or coming into church. He promises to bless them, no matter what. And don't put a lid on what he can accomplish through his word being taught and proclaimed to your kids. And number three, think very carefully about what you're communicating to your children by what you say yes to and by what you say no to. By what you do with your time and what you have them do with their time. And don't, don't get caught up in thinking that you're not teaching them anything. What are you teaching them? What am I teaching my kids by how we prioritize our lives? Well, the answer is not nothing. I might not be teaching them anything on purpose, but I am and you are. You are teaching them every day by your actions, by your choices of what to say yes to and what to say no to. So sometimes, and I've done this too, I know it's happened, we might teach them, say, well, being fed by Jesus, going to church or going to a Bible study, it's important, but, you know, a school activity or another extracurricular, it, it might be more important. Or being fed by Jesus is important, but... You know, only when you don't really have anything else going on. When you choose something else, you're not teaching them nothing. In fact, you're probably teaching them that it's okay to choose other things over Jesus. Now, go back to the beginning. Is it a sin to not be here on a Sunday or to not be at a Bible study? No. And... This is me, like, with my arm around you. Like, be aware. Because when we do a thing once, it becomes easier to do the second time. And when we do a thing a second time, it becomes easier to do the third time, and so on and so on and so on. So be aware, whether you have kids or not. Be aware of what you're teaching by what you do. Now, is all of this fighting against the grain of culture and saying yes to kids and you got to put kids in everything so that they're successful adults? Yes, I understand that. We battle that in my house too. But is it, is it good to battle against the grain of culture? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What if this, what if Sunday morning, what if Bible study, what if that were the invitation that you would never dream of saying no to? And it's not because I'm such an amazing preacher or the music is so amazing or you just love free Panera and free coffee or you couldn't say no to smiling and giving a hug to your friend or being encouraged by someone else. It wasn't because of that. What if this were the opportunity we couldn't say no to? Because you know that when you come here, just like when you open your Bible at home, you're going to be fed by the Almighty God. 
And are you going to feel it every Sunday? You know what I mean. No, probably not. I don't every Sunday, at least some Sundays more than others. But do you remember every meal you had this week? Was every meal you had in the last seven days the absolute best one you've ever had and you finished the meal and you were like, wow, that was amazing? I'm guessing not. But that food sustained you. Was every drink of water that you took this week like the drink of water after you've been sweating outside in all of June, July, and August and then you take that first sip of ice water and you're like, ah, I'm guessing it wasn't. But that water kept you alive. And it's the same with God's word. Whether you feel it or not, it is what sustains you and what keeps you alive. God promises that. Now, this is not, remember? Jesus was not specifically talking. This was not me railing against you. And if it came across that way, I'm sorry. This is me with my arm around you because I love you. And it's also me with my arm, I can't do it, but it's my arm around myself. Because don't think for a minute that me and my household have our priorities straight 100% of the time. And I'm not just talking about regular priorities, I'm even talking about prioritizing God's word and accepting God's invitation every day to hear the goodness of his kingdom. We don't get it right all the time. I'm right there with you. But you know there's one person who does have his priorities straight. And that's Jesus. And his priority, his priority was coming here to earth to invite you to your own wedding banquet. And he signed your invitation with his blood and sealed it with his stamp of approval. It's not an insane rejection, it is an insane invitation but a beautiful one. And he's already given you your wedding clothes to wear, so you are all set. So, God bless us as we prioritize our lives every day simply out of thanks to him. God bless you in that. Amen.